welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. While Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests.
While Mary was still engaged to Joseph, she miraculously became pregnant through the Holy Spirit, as foretold to her by the angel. When Mary told Joseph she was pregnant, he had every right to feel disgraced. And although Joseph's initial reaction was to break the engagement, the appropriate thing for a righteous man to do, he treated Mary with extreme kindness. He didn't want to cause her further shame, so he decided to act quietly. But God sent an angel to Joseph in a dream to verify Mary's story and to reassure him that his marriage to her was God's will. The angel explained that the child within Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit, that his name would be Jesus, and that he was the Messiah, God with us. Joseph, too, must have wondered in awe as he remembered the words found in Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel.
that's so good. The song talks about making this place your home. And we feel and we hope that you, as you've joined us in this Christmas Eve service, that this feels like home to you as we worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's so exciting to be a part of what God is doing in this series, that Christmas series at River Valley has been there's always room for family. And our desire is that you feel at home here together in this Christmas Eve service as we worship God together. Just to read a few verses of Scripture from Luke chapter 2. It says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Church, can we stand together and we're going to sing some Christmas carols and worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ together.
first Noel.
Scripture says in Matthew chapter 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, 
and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's pray. Gracious God, we're overjoyed to celebrate the gift of Jesus, our Savior. His miraculous birth was the start of something that history could never repeat. His wonderful, he is wonderful, he is counselor, he's a mighty God, he's the Prince of Peace, and we thank you for him. Thank you for sending the perfect gift to us, for it is through Jesus that we become part of the greatest family of all. While our Christmas season will be filled with family and celebration, we just ask that you supernaturally fill it with joy and peace as we remember the birth of our King, Jesus. We love you, we thank you, and we give you all the praise that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome again to River Valley. We just want you to take a moment to wish someone a Merry Christmas as you're seated. Turn and greet them and uh, welcome them. Good evening. My name is Pastor Jason. I am the kids pastor here at River Valley. And my name is Davey Collins. I am one of the youth pastors here at River Valley. And we are so excited to see all of the kids here in service tonight. Yeah. If you're a kid here, make some noise. Clap your hands. Woo. It's good Come to on. see you guys here. It's Christmas here. Eve. So we're going to do something special for you guys, but what I need you to do, and this includes you if you're watching in another room in the overflow, if you're 12 years old or younger, you need to stand up on your chair right now. Get up. Stand up on your chair right now. Yeah. Stand up on your chair. You two in the overflow, stand up on yeah. your chair right up, now. Up, 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 up. Up on the chair. You, we don't get to do this very often, so we might as yeah. well take advantage of the opportunity, right? And we're going to have some fun. So stay standing on your chair, yeah. and we're going to have some fun. So as, as Pastor Darren said, there's always room for family, and we're making room right here for the kids. And we just wanted to have fun tonight. It's, it's Christmas Eve. We wanted to have fun, so we wanted to tell a fun story. And so, David, you know, and boys and girls, you know, I was once a child also. Also, and still am. Um, but one of the things that I used to love about my big family getting together, all the tons of nephews and nieces and cousins and uncles and aunts and grandmas and grandpas, and we'd go get together in our big family, is we would tell stories. We, I love stories, and we all love to tell stories. And our stories would be the same story every year, but they would just get a little better. Every year. And so we're going to tell you a story here in a minute. And it kind of reminds me about one of my favorite stories that we used to tell all the time every year. And that was the grand food fight of 1982. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't born yet in 1982. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. Yeah, yeah, oh, me, right. neither. me neither. Well, well we're well, going to read a story together called Twas the Night Before Christmas. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house "'not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse.'" Click. Double click. 
The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Ho, ho, ho. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. Opagagnum style. <laughs> and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled in for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Who's that? Away to the window, I flew like a flash, <laughs> tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. <laughs> what was that? I threw up the sash. It was food poisoning. When, Be careful. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so, li so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. Ho, ho, ho! More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. On dancer, on prancer, on fancy and expensive. <laughs> on Cosmo, on silly, John Connor and Taylor Swift. You, you think Taylor Swift was one of the reindeer? Yeah. She had a bad breakup with Rudolph, and uh, she, she said, we're never, ever getting back together. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. <laughs> oh, I need to stop. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. Ho, 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 smuckers. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. What did you call me? And laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. <laughs> he sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. Uh, this is Santa to ground control. Ground control here, Santa, you're all clear for takeoff. <sighs> Whoa, whoa. Pastor Jason, Pastor Jason. Pastor Jason, okay, okay, okay. There's, uh, okay, pa okay. Okay, pa Pastor Jason. Is, uh, is, is Santa dropping bombs or? No, toys and candy canes. Don't be ridiculous. Oh, that's fantastic, that's fantastic. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight. Merry Christmas to all. And, and to all a good night. night. Merry Christmas. You, you guys, you guys can, can take a seat. You can take good a job. seat. Yes. And you entrust your children to them. Yeah, all right, it's great. 
Uh, it's great to have you here with us here in the main auditorium in the overflow rooms. I hear we have two of them going right now this service. It's great to have everybody here. And I uh, just want to say this about our kids' ministry. Uh, we have a full kids' service at all of our church services. Usually they're not in here with us, uh, but they have their own worship, their own time of learning about God's Word. It's a great opportunity to bring your kids. And if this is not your church home, love to have you join us. And there's something for kids. I know a lot of people are like, what do you have for kids? It's incredible. They love it. They're learning about Jesus. And it's messages geared to them. So I love our youth ministry, our kids ministry, and the team that volunteers to make it all happen. And it's great to have the kids in here. Uh, love having you here. And I just want to remind you again, if you're really good, we have a candy treat for all the kids 12 and under. How many of you knew about that? That's true. And so at the end of the service, if you're really good, if your mom and dad give you the thumbs up, we're going to give you a candy treat at the end of the service. So how many kids promise to be the very best they can from here on out? All right. I see those hands, and so do your parents. All right. Uh, if we could have the ushers come forward, we're going to receive our, our tithes, our offerings, our kingdom builder commitments, and it's an opportunity to give. If you're making out a check, you can make it out to River Valley Church, and we're just glad that we're here with this opportunity to give, and uh, Christmas is really, uh, there's so much giving in it. Think about it. The Bible tells us God loved us so much that he sent his son, and when he was born, he was giving us his son, saying he's going to live a perfect life for you. When he was born, uh, the wise men came and brought him gifts. And we know from the Bible that the wise men brought him uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we know that. And uh, it's interesting. We did a survey for those of you that were here on the weekend. We had a video crew that went out on Nicollet Avenue. And they asked people, they said, what were the gifts that the wise men brought? A lot of them didn't know. And maybe you didn't know that. You didn't know that it was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that they really are kind of symbolic of something. Gold was given to Jesus because it was acknowledging he's king. And that was a gift that you would give a king. You'd come and lay the gold down, you're king. Frankincense was given to uh, Jesus because they were saying, you're God. We are acknowledging you are holy, you are God. And myrrh was a gift that people would give because when people would die, they would cover them with myrrh and they'd use that to take care of the body. And they were giving myrrh to say, you're human and you're gonna die for the sins of all the people on the earth. And it was almost prophetic they were given that gift. And so you think about it, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gifts that they brought to the King Jesus. Now uh, we're able to not have to show up with gold or frankincense or myrrh, but to actually show up and say, Lord, here's what I have. It's in the form of money, but I acknowledge that you're king. I acknowledge that you're God, and I acknowledge that you died for me. I can't buy my way in. And in case you're wondering, you cannot buy your way into forgiveness. You receive it by a free gift uh, of the grace of Jesus Christ. But we give because we say, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you for the opportunity to make a difference. So that's what we're doing right now. We're giving and saying, Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to make a difference. Take what we have and use it for your glory. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to give, to say we love you, to say you're Lord, to say you're King of Kings, to say that we understand that you died so that we could be forgiven. We understand that. And we say gold, frankincense, and myrrh were gifts that they gave, but we now take the money that we have and use it for your glory. We say, build your church. Help others to know the love that you have for them. Lord Jesus, help us to always be faithful, to uh, fuel the church and move it forward with the gifts that we have and the finances that we have. Blessings upon this offering now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Well, again, Merry Christmas. How many know after that last song, the front row should have known that's a splash-free zone, right there, you know? Uh, a little bit of the snow falling down on them. It's great. It was funny. We have uh, some of our staff that are new to our team. They've transferred from other parts of America, from California and from Texas, and they're like, this is amazing. Every time it snows, we just love it. We're never going to get sick of it. And we're like, yeah. you will, you will, yeah, you will. <laughs> It's always beautiful when it's coming down. It's just what you do with it afterwards, right? You know? Oh, but it's so good to have you here. If you're visiting with us, we're so glad you're here. If this is not your church home, welcome home. We're glad that you're here. If you're not part of a church, we'd love to have you be a part of this one because we've been saying over and over again, uh, there's always room for family. And uh, we're even having an opportunity to uh, apply that. Some of the people are in the overflow room. I don't know if you either got here late or you willingly did it. But either way, can all the people in the main auditorium welcome those people in the overflow rooms and say thank you. There's room for family. Now, I'm just wondering um, if anyone's here uh, and you have more than 12 people with you right now, if you have more than 12 people with you, either here or in any of the overflow rooms, go ahead and raise your hand if there's a group of 12 or more. Raise your hand. We want to see if there's any families that have 12 or more right in the middle of the main auditorium. That's either a really big family or a couple, and there's one over there and a couple over there. All right, let's give a hand for, again, for all those that have 12 or more. It got me to thinking, though, there's always room for family, and so I, I did a little research, and uh, I looked to see which family was the biggest family, who had the, the biggest family, and I counted only families that had one husband and one wife, okay, to be very clear. Uh, but I did find in history a family, the Vasilyev family, had 69 children, 69 children. We have a picture of them there. That is not an old-time church photo. That is a family photo. Mrs. Vasilyev gave birth to every one of them. None of them were adopted. She had 16 pairs of twins. I know. And seven sets of triplets. Think about that. Yes. Oh, yes. And they called Mr. Vasilyev Father Abraham. All right. Uh, yeah, amazing. Amazing. Imagine that. And then currently, I did some research to see who had the largest family. If we're doing this series, All is Room for Family, how many have heard of the Duggars? They uh, have 19 children. They're actually on a TV show. We've got a picture of them. And of course, the Bates family also have 19. And I don't know if they're trying to outdo each other, but uh, they have five washing machines. They have three dryers. And every other day, they have to go to Walmart, and they spend $250. Oh, there's always room for family, huh? It's great. Now, it's not exactly what I meant when I said there's always room for family. In this series, we've been saying there's always room for everyone to join the family of God. There's always room for people to join us. There's always room for you to be a part of it. And we've looked at the Christmas story with that in mind, saying, what is this about family? What is it about uh, getting together? And by family, I'm talking about the body of Christ, the church. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you become his son or daughter, and we become related in a way spiritually. We become family. And so as you look around the room, those are your brothers and sisters in Christ. They're your spiritual family. And it's interesting that that family has been expanding and expanding and expanding, and here we are today celebrating the family of God. But it wasn't always like that. People weren't always interested in the family of God. There's one person in the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, Herod, who was not interested at all. He wanted nothing to do with the family of God. 
Matter of fact, after the wise men had told him that there was going to be a king born, he said, go and uh, find this king so I can worship him myself. But he had no intention of doing this. And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, it said, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the king, the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. There are always those people. We're welcoming them to the family, but they want nothing to do with the family of God. They're not really trying to destroy it, but they say, no, I want nothing to do with it. I'll have nothing to do with it at all. My grandfather was like that. My grandfather, we'd invite him and invite him and invite him. Come on, Grandpa. You know, you got his grandkids begging him to come to church. No, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to church. And he'd cross his arms, go without me. I'm not going to church. I had an opportunity to baptize somebody whose family was saying, we won't let them go to church until they become an adult. We won't let them go. They can follow Jesus if they want, but they can't go to church until they're adult. We're not going to be part of this. We don't like it. We're not part of it. And there's always been people like Herod that say, I want nothing to do with it. And I'm praying if that's you and you're here and you came against your will and you're like, all right, I'll go. You know, and your arms are crossed, and you're thinking, man, hey, there's always room for family. I'm asking that you'd open up your heart, and instead of fighting against it, you'd say, I want to be part of the family of God that I see. There's always been people that have been too busy. We talked about in this series, the Israelites, they were so busy. Here it is, the king is being born, and many of them are so busy, they don't even have time to see what's going on. Wise men have come into town, and there's this big entourage with them, and they're saying, you know, we know there's going to be this king, and he's here, we're going to go find him. And a bunch of people are like, well, I'm too busy with my work. I'm too busy with what I'm doing. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take time to follow Jesus and see who this is. And I pray that if you're here and you're saying, I'm too busy, I'm hoping that by you being here, you're saying, I've taken time, I'm, in, I'm looking at this, I want to be part of the family. Don't be too busy that you miss out on the greatest thing about being part of the family of God. I'm glad that two teenagers got in on this, Mary and Joseph. I'm glad that Mary's response was, be it unto me. Whatever God wants to do, I'm in. And I pray that that's your response as being part of the family of God, that you're saying, whatever God wants to do, I'm in. Joseph, on the other hand, was like, this is not the way I planned it. I'm out. I'm out. And I thank God that he spoke to Joseph in a dream. And he said, this this is good. This is something you need to be a part of. This is not something that you need to leave. You need to be part of this. And if I could just stop for a moment and say to anybody that's thinking that when I get old enough, instead of coming to church, I'm leaving. I'm out. As soon as it's my choice, I'm out. I'm gone. I would just pray that God would intervene. And even my voice today that you're hearing this, you'd realize God is saying, you're part of the family. You weren't meant to walk away, and some people call it backsliding. You weren't meant to backslide and walk away from God and take yourself out of the family and out of the picture. You were meant to be in right relationship with God and be part of this family. And I pray that God would intervene and not allow you to get out of the picture because Joseph had that intervention, and then he stayed in the family. We looked in this series, and we looked at the fact that God allows all sorts of people into the family. And I love what the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I thank God that the angel said it's for everyone. 
I thank God that he said that right there. He said, it's for all the people. That was all of us. And I thank God that he brought the message to shepherds because we shared this week about the shepherds were kind of sketchy. They were kind of left out. They were kind of people that were dysfunctional and, and not trusted. They were called liars. And I was really vulnerable. And uh, I shared this week about our family saying, hey, you know, you see me as a pastor here, but our family was very dysfunctional. I shared that my uncle Bob uh, was in and out of marriages and wound up committing suicide and ending his life. I shared that my other uncle was in and out of the state penitentiary and uh, yet turned his life around later on. I shared that my mom was an unwed mother and gave the baby up for adoption. And, and after the service, and I shared those things saying, if God could let sketchy shepherds in and if God could let sketchy families like mine into the grace and welcome to the family, then welcome to your family as well. And it was interesting, in the lobby after service, people were like, I feel so close to you. My brother is in the state pen too, you know? It's so good. You're real, all right? That's the grace of God. Welcome to the family. There were people that were paying attention, and they got in on it. Anna and Simeon, and we didn't really talk about them in the series, but they were two people that were really paying attention, and they had a longing to see whatever God was doing. And there are people here, you've been paying attention, you have a longing to be a part of whatever God's doing. And it was easy for you to come and, and, and accept Jesus as your Savior and be part of the faith family. You were longing, you were looking, you were prepared for it. You were like Anna and Simeon, and I thank God that there are people that are looking, and they're part of the family of God. I thank God that the wise men were part of it that the wise men came and worshiped God and they came from afar. And they were foreigners. They weren't raised in it. It was new to them. And I'm, and I'm hoping that there are many people that are saying, hey, I don't know about this. I don't have the tradition, but I'm in. I'm understanding this and I want to be in on the family. You can too. The wise men represent those that are intellectual and affluent. And there are, there's room in the family of God for those that are intellectual and those that are affluent. You still come to the cross the same way. We all bow a knee, but there's room for us to come and say, Lord, I get past my intellectual, my bias there. And I don't check it out and say, I'll just think nothing. No, I believe the, the claims of Jesus Christ can be examined and they will stand up under, under the scrutiny. But you can take your intellect and you could say, God, give me eyes of faith. I want to be in on the family. If the wise men can get in on it, then I want to get in on it. And then Jesus, as he grew, he was always welcoming people. He was always welcoming people into the family. He had 12 disciples. Then it grew to 70. Then we see on the day of Pentecost, there are 120 people gathered in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit gets poured out. And they, they start preaching. And all of a sudden, 3,000 people get added in one moment to the church. You talk about welcome to the family. And ever since then, it's been going out over and over and over again that anyone can get in on the family of God. Romans 10 verse 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Or if I could paraphrase it, everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord and asks for forgiveness, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. The message is today that God loves us so much that he sent his son and he says, if you'll receive him, welcome to the family. And today around the world, over 2 billion people are celebrating a love for Jesus Christ in various different faiths, but all Christian faiths, saying, we believe in Jesus Christ, over 2 billion. Matter of fact, that number, you may not know this, but Christianity is growing by the fastest rate of any religion. You may have heard of other religions that are growing fast. There's one other religion that's growing fast only because of birth rate. 
No other faith is growing faster than, with conversions than Christianity because our philosophy, our heart has always been welcome to the family. Some may be not interested and I'm praying you'll open up. Don't be like Herod. Some are too busy and I say don't be too busy. Stop and realize. Take a look at your eternity. Take a look at salvation. Someone say, I want out of the picture, again, to that teenager or, or somebody in a marriage, and I just feel so strong. Somebody just feels like, I want out. Don't get out of the picture. Stay in the faith. Stay in the family. To the person that feels too sketchy, hey, God can forgive every sin. To the person that says, I'm, I'm too intellectual. If the wise men can bow a knee, you can too. It's time for you to say, I submit to you, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Welcome to the family. Last thing, Jesus prayed for you that you would join the family. Think about that. When Jesus was on this earth, he prayed for you. He was praying for his disciples, and in John 17, verse 20 and 21, he says this, I'm not praying just for these followers. I'm also praying for everyone else who will have faith because of what my followers will say about me. I want all of them to be one with each other, just as I am one with you, and you are one with me. I also want them to be one with us. Then the people of this world will believe that you sent me. Jesus was saying, I'm praying for these disciples, and I'm praying for those that are coming and coming and coming and coming that will be part of the family. They can be in the family. And then he said, I want the family to be one. I want the family to get along. I want the family to love each other. I want the family to be so in love with each other and so in love with God that the world sees it and says, I want in on that family. I want in on that family because if that's the way it is, I want to know what they have that's so different. And so wherever you're at, I'm just saying, welcome to the family. If you want Jesus, he says, welcome to the family if you call upon his name. So could we bow our heads for just a moment here in this room and in the overflow rooms? And this is a moment to talk about, have you made that decision? Have you made that decision? Maybe you found yourself in the story there. I don't know where you are and nobody judges you, but we say if you've not made your way into the story, hear this today. God welcomes you into the family if you'll simply ask for forgiveness. It's that simple. You ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of the things that you've done wrong. The Bible calls that sin. And when you've done that, you say, I'm sorry for my sin. You say, now I believe, Jesus, you paid the price for my sins, and I want to live for you. I'm no longer going to live for myself. I want to live for you. And when you do that, the Bible says God will call you his son or his daughter. You'll be forgiven, and you'll be part of the family. I'm asking right now, if you've not done that, that you would pray this with me that you would pray this simple prayer and you would ask God to forgive you of your sins and you would come into agreement with me when I pray this. I'm gonna pray this and I'm gonna give you a moment just under your breath in that spot where you're at to just pray this prayer and come into agreement. So I invite you to pray this prayer to be welcomed into the family. So Lord, I'm here praying with these people now and I'm praying and I'm coming to agreement that they are asking for forgiveness for their sins. Right now, they're agreeing with this prayer and they're acknowledging it that they've sinned and they've done wrong. And they're saying, God, forgive me. So go ahead right now, in your own words, go ahead and pray and say, God, forgive me. And they're saying, I trust you, God. I trust you. I don't know uh, how it works, but I do trust that you paid the price so that I could be forgiven. And I pray, God, that they would right now say, I overcome whatever it is, the anger that I had, the distraction that I had, the wanting to get out of the family. 
I thought I was too intellectual. I thought I was too sketchy. I pray that they'd get over that right now, God, and realize that can be forgiven. They can be in. And I pray, Lord, that they would just now at this moment pledge to you. They would just pledge to you in their heart and just under their breath saying right now, God, I pledge to live every day for you. I'm going to do the best I can. And I ask for grace. I ask for mercy. I ask for strength to keep living for you. And so I pray for that, God, that they would do that. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's always room for family. I thank you for that. And Lord, if they made that decision today, I pray they tell someone that they're here with, a family member, a friend, someone, and they'd say, I made that decision. I'm part of the family. And I thank you, God, that there's always room for family. We can all be forgiven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's stand to our feet all across this place. Before we leave here, we're going to sing one more song together. On behalf of Beck and I, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas, and we want to say thank you for being part of the family. And uh, we mean that in so many ways, for being part of the family of God, and also for being a part of the River Valley Church family. We're blessed to be your pastors, and we love you, and count it a privilege to call you family. God bless you, and have a Merry Christmas.